Did you pucker? Did I pucker? Hi, this is John Nelson. This is Jimmy Maurer. Hi, I'm Andre Zanoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. Hello and welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show presented by the Striker Texas. I'm Dustin Nation and in this episode we meet up with the the guys from the Moon Tower Soccer Show down in down in Austin to talk about FC Dallas's 5-3 win over Austin in Austin at the Q2 Stadium. Uh, we then turn our gaze towards uh, what's coming up against Real Salt Lake and here with me as always it's Mr. Jonathan Roz. How's it going Jonathan? It's going pretty good. I mean kind of looking forward to this conversation with the austin guys it's going to be uh going to be kind of fun yeah it's really a shame nico's not here i know he's got a couple of things that he he um i think he's got a little pent-up anger towards austin i don't know what's just, what his, just all things austin yeah maybe uh maybe we'll have like a therapy session at the, uh, after the last austin game we'll have nico on here we'll you know make sure to put the little you know explicit marker on it and everything <laughs> <laughs> all right so um like I said, we, we met up with uh, Landon and and uh, Jeremiah from the Moon Tower Soccer Podcast, also presented by the Striker Texas. So here is Landon to uh, kick us off on that discussion. All right, this is Landon from Moon Tower Soccer, and we are doing a little crossover episode with the guys from the Dallas Soccer Show. So, Dustin, Jonathan, thanks for joining us. Howdy. Uh, yes, we're excited. All right. So, uh, we were kind of hoping we've, – we've been playing this for a few weeks now, and we were kind of hoping that this show would go a little differently. Me and Jeremiah were hoping this show would go a little <laughs> differently, but I bet you guys are are pretty happy about the turnout. So, leading up to this, to this game, what was – what was kind of the narrative that you guys were looking for? What were things that you were looking forward to or just looking for in this match? Uh, other than three points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, one of the things that I was actually looking forward to was this would be the hoping we would actually see Austin FC roll out a first team right from the beginning. Cause uh, this is the third time that FC Dallas had played against Austin. Um, and in the first two matches, one was in preseason. Um, and then the, the first match in Dallas, uh, the Austin squad was heavily rotated. Um, so it was one of the things I was looking forward to was actually a, a true head to head competition with, uh, um, with Austin. So, and, and we did, we actually got to see that. Yeah. That's, I'd say the same thing we were looking forward to as well, because, uh, Against that first game of Dallas, you'll we'll all remember that Austin did not roll out a first team due yep. to squad rotation, and a lot of fans were upset about that. Uh, so to see like us the same starting eleven who demolished Portland last weekend, to see those guys come out, we felt pretty good about our chances, but we were clearly very wrong about that. <laughs> Well, we, we could just we could just spend the whole podcast just talking about how we both demolished Portland at home. All right. <laughs> yeah, I said a lot of things at the bar before the game that uh, I'm glad aren't recorded and I won't repeat. But yeah, I had a lot of enthusiasm going in that turned out to be unfounded. 
well, you, you, you kind of have to. I mean, if you're <laughs> if you're going to run a, a, a podcast uh, and you're you're doing it in a season where there's not a lot of things to celebrate, you, you got to have some enthusiasm, whether or not it's uh, you know <laughs> you should have it or not. But All we, right, we, under, we understand that from a from a Dallas perspective this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I kind of want to ask about y'all ask y'all about after we get through this game, but y'all want to go ahead and jump into the to the game here. Let's do it. Do you want to lead us through the game there, Jonathan or Dustin? I mean, I'll, I'll kick off the maybe we'll break it into parts. I mean, I think that the uh, the beginning of the match actually reminded me a little bit when FC Dallas played Houston, which was the very last match um, where Houston it was in Houston and Houston was really really pressing early on FC Dallas and giving them a lot of trouble building out of the back. Um, and we saw, you know, Dallas kind of try to do that same thing from 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 Austin to Austin in Austin, uh, which was really put a lot of pressure on the ball. And I think that uh, we saw, you know, a little bit of a miscue and a in an early goal um, that, you know, put uh, put FC Dallas up one zero. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of uh, Austin fans, uh, both watching on TV and in the stadium, were. Uh, uh, screaming at the at the goalkeeper in the back line to just you know just punt the ball just punt the ball. <laughs> yeah, Stuver. He it just he took such a casual touch on that pass, which he's been. I'd say there's probably three goals now that have been because of like moments like that, and then one other that was just a a poor pass. Like it was a longer like distribution pass that he threw out that turned into a goal. So probably four goals on Stuver's distribution, but he's been so good in so many other moments that it's extremely frustrating to see it happen like that. But yeah, it's Pepe was, was putting a lot of pressure on him and Pepe pressed really well the whole game and was, was really being a pest up there. And so Cascante played that ball over to him is a pretty slow ball. And Stuver just took a super casual touch. It's like, I'm just going to take my time and play this ball and, Ricardo Pepe said, uh, I don't think so. And got a touch on it, falls to uh falls to Ferreira and he five holes Stuver and just finishes really well. It's really a dream start for FC Dallas, especially, you know, coming in with the with the you know the atmosphere there at the Q2 and uh you know really not being great on the road. Uh, the story of FC Dallas this season has been not being able to get points on the road. They're on a little bit of a away point streak right now. Um, Four but, in a row. Yeah. yeah. And so from the Street Dallas perspective, we're, we're sitting back and it, we can't think of a better way to start, especially whenever you're just used to um, most of the rest of the season being in the game until the end and then losing, uh, you know, in the last, the, the last throws of the game. Uh, and so, you know, kind of calmed calmed the nerves a bit as a fan. Yeah, the I don't think our nerves were calmed until the 13th minute, whenever Austin equalized there, and so Cascante Julio Cascante center back scores off of a header. And for some people, might be confused of why he was even there, but I think it was off of a corner kick that got deflected and kind of recycled. And I was watching the center backs, like seeing if they were going to drop back and Beasler starts jogging back. And I look back up and Cascante is like, like looking to stretch the line. Like he's a striker. I was like, Oh, he's just going to stay up there. Isn't he? And then Kolmanich puts in a beauty of a cross and no- notices that Cascante is not being marked very tightly and puts in a beauty. And there's a really nice header there uh, for the equalizer. And that maybe made us feel a little better, but I don't know that it lasted very long. Um, <laughs> 
the two guys who were involved in that goal, Jean Kolmanich and Julio Cascante, ended up being taken off at the half because of kind of the next phase of the game uh, that led to Dallas going ahead 4-1. Is that what it was at halftime? <laughs> yeah. It was a very messy, what, 10, 10 minutes too, man. It just came fast and furious. So I feel like I would like y'all to talk us through that part of the game because I watched it again this morning and it was just every bit as painful on TV as it was in the stands. Yeah, I have to admit, I didn't see it live. I, I miscalculated some timing with um, putting kids to bed and getting some yard work done. And by the time I sat down, it was four to one. And I was like, what did I miss? <laughs> Man, it was it was a, a very chaotic uh, six minutes, right? Where, uh, you know, there's a, you know, it, it seemed like uh, it started when uh, Shabot Shun, who I think was getting tested or, or was trying to do a lot on the left-hand side. He flipped over to the right-hand side, and it, seemed, it felt like that's when um, FC Dallas had, you know, the the three different goals between the 36th and the 40th minute. Um, and, you know, the, it was, you know the, the the first one was, uh, you know, a, a Ricardo Pepe um, shot that, uh, you know, right in the left corner. Then I think Jesus uh, said, hey, I can I, I can do the, the same thing in the – you know, got got a goal in the, the 38th minute, and then uh, uh, finally it was one one more, kind of a, a through ball uh, from from Shun to Pepe. Where uh, I don't know what you guys thought, but I, I was when I was celebrating that goal early on, um, I was doing it kind of cautiously because I honestly <laughs> I, I thought Pepe was offside. <laughs> looking I think at the he cam- might have been honestly Man, looking at the at been. the camera at the camera angle. Now I think that it all kind of got evened up in the in the end because I think that the one of the Austin goals might have been just as offside. Yep, yep. Alex um, Ring's goal was definitely offside. <laughs> so so I so I guess uh, I guess the 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 ref was consistent, but yeah, there was that <laughs> that very uh, very short amount of time where uh, it felt like it, uh, Austin was just having trouble getting back organized right and fc dallas was just coming wave after wave after wave um and all of them were f- fairly similar as far as just overloading the box right um throwing lots of numbers forward yeah the the announcer kind of hit it right on the head on the on the, bar, the fox sports broadcast we talked about how it just looked like the um the austin defense was running with like wet boots on um and like sand in their boots and fc dallas was just Hand, like they'd get the ball and then just be down their throats right away. Um, and it, it really seemed to cause a lot of confusion and um, like chaos in the back for y'all. I mean, is that what you guys kind of saw from, from your side? Yeah. It's like, I think the the really frustrating thing about that game is that Austin has been bad at some things over the course of the year, but defending has not really been one of them. We haven't given up that many goals. I think after last night, we're about middle of the league in uh, goals conceded. And earlier on in the season, before we've given up a few of these bigger ones, it was uh, we were like top third in the league in goals conceded. We just couldn't score in any of those goals. So there's a ton of nil-nil draws, one-nil losses, things like that. But in in those two goals uh, – the first one by Pepe, Jean Kolmanich, who's been a pretty good left back all season, he just kind of escorts Shone into the box and doesn't really step to him. And he it like, okay, if you're gonna keep backing up, I'm just gonna keep dribbling. And Shone is an excellent player. He's he's one of those guys that you hate to play against but love to have on your team. Just I yeah, I would 
I would really love to have a guy like him on Austin's <laughs> team, but he just just kept driving it at Kolmanich and Kolmanich didn't really ever step to him. And then Pepe is running uh, right up the middle and Cascante is tracking with him. Cascante looks, looks over at his shoulder, sees him there and then looks back. Pepe just stops at the top of the box and Cascante just keeps going and Shun sees it and is like, Oh, one of the best finishers in the league is just standing at the top of the box. I think I'll give him the ball and he gives it to him and he scores because of course he did. <laughs> like if <laughs> yep. you give, a guy that good, that much space, he's going to bury you. And that's what happened. I think people might actually start figuring that out with Shun because he's he's now developed a little bit of a habit. It's a positive habit where he'll make those runs and and he'll wait for not maybe not always the first runner, but the second runner kind of to, to make it into the box and catch him right kind of at the top. Uh, I think that's paid off for FC Dallas in this match um, and then also in a couple other ones uh, recently. So that's... Uh, yeah, maybe some, maybe something that other teams will have to start keeping a little bit of an eye on. Against against Julio Cascante last night, you only need one runner apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that was just really like the physical matchup there is was Austin's got kind of some old kind of slow center backs who can't afford to be out of position, and Ferreira and Pepe took such advantage of that. I mean, these guys are dynamic attacking talents. I wish we had a little bit more of that uh, down in this part of the state. Yeah, it's it's interesting um, because you know it took a little while for FC Dallas. To, we had the same, um, you know. You said the kind of the mo of Austin has been good in defense and then hard to hard to get goals. And you know, FC Dallas is kind of in the same boat uh, up until kind of recently, where where Pepe and Ferreira have really started to get their swagger. And I think in this match, particularly, they they had. Swagger on the ball and off the ball. And they, they didn't, not only did, you know, they create the chances, but they caused the problems that got the ball back in order to create the chances. And they were just making their presence felt as a duo uh, across the pitch. And then, and then you know, add Shun to the mix. And it's uh, it's just an overload. Yeah, Ferreira was, um, in the buildup, was kind of man-marking Danny Pereira, at the who's playing at the six for us. And... Pereira didn't get on. The only way Pereira ever got on the ball is if we broke that first line and then it kind of swung back around. But as playing through that press, he almost never got on the ball because Dallas was pressing so well. And he wasn't moving well enough to to do anything about it. But yeah, a lot of credit to to uh, Ferreira and Pepe on, on that press. So, well, so, so going we, in... Sorry, I was just saying, going, going, going into halftime, were you guys surprised to see changes made at halftime? Mm, no, not really. Um, I was, I didn't quite see how bad those, the defensive efforts were. Uh, and so I didn't really know who he's going to pull off. So I wasn't surprised to see changes made, but I didn't know exactly who it was going to be, but going back and watching the replay and watching those goals again, it's yeah, very obvious that those two guys were big parts of, of, um, the the second two goals for sure. So mm-hmm. the one that we just mentioned and then the one that um that which one was it? Uh Ferreira's first goal. The one where Ferreira kind of chips it over to Obreon and there's kind of a scuffle and Obreon back heels it to Shone. Yep. Colmanish looked like he was like jogging in place in the box. No urgency whatsoever to close down Shone. If he'd have closed down Shone 
Beasler then doesn't have to block the shot. And when Beasler blocks the shot, it falls to, to Ferreira. And Julio Cascante looks like a freaking grandpa trying to close him down. And if... if well, it was a Sunday. It was one of a Sunday jog. <laughs> if Kolmanich just puts in a little bit of effort there, it's kind of a domino effect of of it falling to Ferreira there. And it didn't have to happen that way. And again, if you let it, let a guy like Ferreira have that easy of a shot, he's going to bury it. He's like, those guys aren't going to miss from those spots. And so, yeah, I, I was not after the re the rewatch. I was definitely not surprised that those guys came off. So yeah, at halftime, Cascante, Kolmanich and Gallagher come off and Johan Romagna, Hector Jimenez and Pochettino come on. Pochettino is playing on the wing, which we had, maybe seen him do a little bit, but he had never like been lined up at the wing as a starter or even like subbed in for a winger. He's usually been playing in the more centrally, but he looked pretty good there. And Romagna and Jimenez had a little bit more urgency in defense, but we're not perfect by any means because the next goal after the half was completely Johan Romagna's fall. <laughs> and it, it, was, it was a feeling of here we go again. I mean, it was, yeah, just the, here we go again in the first half. Yeah. I was, I was after at halftime when we fought, like we, we kind of scratched back enough that saying like, okay, we could maybe get a little bit closer. And then whenever that happened, I was like, oh God, it's going to be eight (laughs) one by the end of the game. Jonathan, hot air O'Brien. He he loves to score when the team's up. Oh, he does. Yes. He's the the king of, uh, of junk goals. I think that might be just kind of like a, a factor of his speed because he's still got legs when the other teams are chasing the game and they're they're he can kind of, you know, in that game state, they're overcommitting to to the offense and then he can burn them on the on the counter. He just has to stay on his feet and actually score. And he did this time. Yeah, uh, that that I was gonna say that goal for me was the one where I like Landon said, I was worried. I was like how bad is an expansion you've ever gotten beaten? <laughs> like seven, eight? What are, we, what are we looking at here? Because, you know, this, what? That's 20 minutes of game time where Dallas is just running up and down unchallenged um, and scoring at will. So it it looked pretty dire at that point in time. Oh, yeah. And I think there was even a, a time when they were up uh, four to one when Dallas was where I think both uh, Pepe and Jesus were being, you know, a little stingy trying to get that hat trick where I think that if they'd actually pat laid it off to the other one, uh, they could have gotten even a, a, another goal. I think there were some, some, some missed opportunities in that first half even. Um, yeah, but Even in the last kick of the first half. Yes, yes. Yeah, I was praying for some CONCACAF-style time wasting. I was like, guys, you're up by four. Just, <laughs> just lay down lay on the field, you know, have some cramps. <laughs> just, like, take it easy. You know, I've got a fragile ego, and you're just kind of killing me here. Well, we wanted that until we scored the next goal, and then we were mad at them for doing <laughs> it because they did do a little bit of that later in the game. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? FC Dallas never does time wasting. Come on, never, never. So, 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 so you're moving six minutes ahead. Sorry, Dustin. So you're moving six minutes ahead, and uh, uh, now uh, you know Fagundo gets on the board. So, what do you, you know, I guess do you want to walk us through a little bit how uh, you know Austin started crawling back into the match? Yeah, I mean it it I think it really did like the the supporters Austin supporter section is like we're used to not being in games and so they go just nonstop no matter what but that felt like kind of a mood shift in the stadium and then also just the way the team was playing 
And so, um, yeah, Drusi finds Fagundes making a run kind of against the grain into the box. He puts a through ball in and Fagundes does this really nice little dink finish over uh, Felipe, the keeper. And the stadium went crazy. And then it, it seemed like there was some urgency in the team at that point. They're like, okay, I don't know if we can actually win this game, but we might be able to to get a point out of it. Like maybe it could happen. And it seemed like the fans believed that and that the team believed that. And then the second goal, uh, the, the third goal comes in the 68th minute with a uh, cross in from uh, Jimenez to ring in the box who uh, finishes a pretty nice header. That's the one that we were saying was probably offside. Uh, it not ring, but Jimenez, whenever Drew plays the ball to him, I think he was a half step offside there, but uh, didn't get looked at even. So uh, that one ended up standing. But after that happened, it kind of felt like maybe like the, the miracle still felt like a draw, like a draw still felt like, like the best we could absolutely hope for. And I think after that, it kind of Austin kind of dipped off again. And uh, our friend Kevin Morris, who's um, we end up walking back to our cars after games every time. And he was fuming that that Wolf did not put on Musa Jite uh, around the 70th minute. I don't remember. Jeremiah, do you remember when he actually ended up coming on? It was like 82. It was really late. Yeah. Yeah. So he was fuming that he didn't bring him on like around the 70th minute because they did, they were looking good, but then they started to kind of like level back out. And if you bring off an exhausted Cecilio at that point and put on a real striker, which Austin has not had the entire season, that maybe you, it gives you that, that shot in the arm to kind of, to fight back and maybe get another goal. But they, they just kind of like leveled off again. And then after a certain point, after GT came on, he, I mean, it was good to see him on the field. I don't think he was on long enough to really find the game. But um, it was it was really cool just to see a striker on the field and watch a guy move like a striker because <laughs> I kind of forgot what it looked like because we've not seen even when we had a striker and Danny Houston on the field he did not move like a striker and so to see a guy like that I'd, it you really do wonder like what could have happened if they'd have brought him in a little earlier and given him time to find the game and then actually push that back line a little bit more. It definitely would have been interesting because, like, right after right after Ring scored, Lucci Gonzalez brought on a, a fifth a fifth defender, and I think there was a little bit of a tactical shift to actually play more defensive on FC Dallas's part. Um, with I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they went to a five at the back there for a while toward, to close the game out. Um, yeah, and, right after right after that, uh, the, the Ring goal that they brought Jay in for Obreon, so they put yeah, in a, then, a center back right back for uh for a winger yeah so so FC Dallas really tried to put the clamp on it and really slow the game on after that and it's pretty effective I thought yeah definitely definitely effective I was gonna say so like I was in the supporter section for this one and I felt like a glimmer of hope did y'all feel a threat at that point or do y'all just like you know the Dallas side are you just like okay we've still got this it's gotten a little bit messy we're gonna see this out like did you ever feel like there was any potential that there was gonna be a draw there or not at all I mean, yeah, when the third goal goes in, you're thinking, oh, crap. Uh, you know, FC Dallas is, this season, when they've had the lead, it's there's been mistakes in them, and there's been some nervy moments. Um, and it's, you know, it, you, it, 
this season has taught us to never feel comfortable. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, no, I, I mean, you, you, you definitely want something to change because the way it was going, it, I, you never know with the momentum and with that, with that stadium and the, the atmosphere there, what the momentum is going to do to the teams. And at, frankly, at that point, you're 70 and 70 minutes in and you've been pressing for 70 minutes and you've been running and running and running and running. Like, what is your fitness level you, like at that point? Yeah, you, you, you could, and so, yeah, you could start to see some of that, Dustin. Yeah. Jonathan, did you pucker? Did I pucker? <laughs> can you not hear me? <laughs> you know, I can hear you. Okay. No, I just, I, I was just saying that, yeah, you can start to see some of the, uh, the fatigue, um, from FC Dallas. I, I agree, Dustin, as they were, uh, you know, not only were you seeing the momentum pick up on the Austin side, right? Where, and you saw those two goals in less than 10 minutes. Um, you know, to, to answer Landon's question too, right? It was, it did get a little bit, a little bit scary, especially after, you know, uh, you know, that quick turnaround and get to five, three that quickly. Right. Um, you could start to see the momentum shift, but man, that's, uh, four goals is a, that Austin had kind of dug themselves a pretty deep hole at that point. So the other thing that was kind of made it where you're, as an FC Dallas fan, you're kind of questioning things is that back line where, where there's injuries and it's like to far. I hadn't played with hedges very much. And then they bring on Martinez who also hadn't played with, uh, to far. very much. And so you never know. You saw it in a couple of those goals where they're just the back line for FC Dallas didn't mark, just didn't mark a guy who was on the end of a cross. And so like that kind of communication and familiarity was a big question throughout the game for FC Dallas. So Austin and Dallas will play one more time. I believe it's October 30th. And so, and it's in Dallas again. So if Austin has any chance of getting a point against any points against Dallas, it's going to have to be then. Um, one thing I wanted to ask, <laughs> you guys have been, Fans of FC Dallas for a long time. FC Dallas has been in the league for a long time. So you've seen lots of ups and downs. Do you guys have any advice for fans of a team who's playing at the bottom of the table? So I haven't been a fan long enough for FC Dallas to have been at the bottom. This The beginning of the season was the worst for me. And I know that there were there was a... Um, a fan account that was doing a, a, you know, a worst season of the league tracker. Uh, so he was comparing this season's start to the start of the season where FC Dallas ended with only 23 points in the entire season. Um, and, you know, you just kind of have to have fun with it. You got to remember why, why you're there, why you show up um, and have patience. And it's hard because you like you see you will just you have invested so much of yourself in it. Like we sit here and we do this podcast um, and we every week and we're, we're doing this for a couple hours a week, plus the games. Um, and so we've got a lot of vested just doing the podcast in, in, in addition to being fans. Right. Um, and so it's really hard to kind of sit and watch it not work out, but you got to find the, the fun and you remember why you're, you're standing next to the person next to you um, and Celebrate the, the Jonathan, I think said it earlier in the, in the segment, uh, you got to celebrate the wins as they come and celebrate the small wins too. Anything to add to that, Jonathan? 
Oh, very eloquent, Dustin. I mean, I just you know, <laughs> almost brought tears to my eyes, you know? <laughs> well, I, I guess one other good thing is that, uh, man, it, it feels like a good portion of the, the West this year is, I think in our podcast last last week, I called it, you know, there's four good teams and a whole bunch of mediocrity. Um, and so the good thing is, even as bad as things are, it's, you still have that glimmer of hope. That you know, you put uh, three or four good games together, and you could be sniffing playoffs. So, um, you know, Austin obviously, you know, first first year, right? There's there's a lot of work to do. Very few, very few teams come into the league first year and really make a huge mark. So, um, yeah, as a fan, you just gotta gotta hope that there's better days, right? And that you that the the you've got an owner who's gonna invest in the club, and that you've got a fan base that will stick around and. Uh, yeah, have some fun with it. Now, uh, it, it is MLS, and so anything could happen. That's right. You, you never know. Yeah, we are we are running out of games for this season, but <laughs> but yeah, there's still lots of lots of reasons to keep showing up to games with uh, with the other folks out there. Um, one last question I wanted to ask about was, I think it's very clear that the fans on both sides of this this encounter already consider this a rivalry like they like dallas fans want well okay i see you i see you looking in your head but you can't tell me you can't tell me that those the hundred fans or so that were there didn't want to come in and beat us in our house more than a lot of other teams in this league yeah no i'll, I'll concede that <laughs> i just so i feel like they're gonna go to any other team in the league, I would say there's maybe Houston that FC Dallas fans would want to beat more than Austin at this point. Uh, in their own house, I don't know. I I think Sporting Kansas City, Sporting Kansas up City, there. man. That's yeah. That's yeah. Uh, just just because of some of the recent history with them, it feels like SKC is kind of the the biggest one, and, and part of that is because uh, Houston just hasn't been that good lately and uh, SKC is always at the top of the conference. So I think that one's become a little bit more of a, um, a, a hated nemesis for, for FC Dallas, but eh, obviously it's, it's a lot harder to, to travel that size of a group up to, uh, to Kansas city from Dallas than it is down to Austin. Yeah. I think, I think you're right though, Jonathan, that it's, there's going to be some rivalry there just because we can travel there yep. easily. And you know, we don't, there's not a whole lot of SC Dallas fans. We'll, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, and there's even less. <laughs> I thought you just stopped. You just stopped there. There's not a whole lot of FC Dallas fans. Uh, and there's even less that are you know willing to travel. Um, and so you know, being able to travel to Houston and Austin as as close stops is is gonna is going to make it worth or make it. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It would make it mean a little bit more. You know, those for those matches for sure. Yeah, so I think that's fair enough saying like some of these older teams that have been in the league longer. But I think there's also a fair amount of FC Dallas fans that like to pretend it's not a rivalry to piss off Austin fans. Is that true? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah, I'm we'll sure do there's a ton, to... of, ton of that on the internet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, do, do, do everything Twitter's you can. our reference, yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, where, where I was going with the beginning of that question anyway is that uh, Josh Wolf was asked about the the rivalry and if he thought it was a rivalry leading up to it, leading up to the the game. And he kind of said like, you know, like I'm sure the, like to the fans it is, but to players and coaches, like events lead to rivalries. 
and like things need to happen on the field for the like the players and the coaches to actually really start to care about it. Do you think like the game got a little chippy at times and there were some some little scuffles going on and some yellow cards and some some pushing at times. Do you think there was like a bit of a spark that happened last night to where the play like players and coaches might start to to feel a little bit of that rivalry? Um I don't know if I'd go that far but I mean it was I mean it was definitely a f- fun match to watch and yeah it did seem like the i mean the players were playing hard there was a little bit of trash talking going on on the field so maybe maybe it's just the start of something uh something good and something fun um that'll grow over the next few years yeah i, I just remember the the gif of of uh ring trying to run the ball out to the center and and uh <laughs> Cirillo, Cirillo Cirillo knocking out of his hand knocking yeah. out of his hands there's that moment and then uh, cascante like i think shun broke away and cascante just grabbed him by the shoulders and threw him on the ground yes and didn't get a card for it and then like five seconds later shun got shun a card for doing the exact same thing <laughs> i saw that and i was like oh it's gonna be one of those games right where <laughs> well shun brought his his uh swim move game he, he got that swim move down where like he was pestering it's not um uh, I can't say his name. Uh, Kolmanich uh, was the one Kis- on, the, on his side. No, Kolmanich? Cascante uh, is the big center back, but then Kolmanich okay. was the, the yes, left back that the he was up against a lot. And he would, he was he would come up and do that swim move to him, and it was really getting under his skin. So yeah, maybe there's maybe maybe that was a spark. Um, I, I would I, say like if there's like two or three more games like that one, that it, you could start seeing the players like kind of like looking forward to that one or like kind of marking that one down on the calendar because yeah. I, I think it are, it is like little moments like that to yeah. start that kind of start to feel it like regardless of what fans think. Cause I think like these players don't, none of them are from Texas. They don't really understand like that Dallas is just another city to them. Right. And so I don't know. I, I think there could, it could be kind of something to make it mean a bit more to, to the guys who, who don't, know what the dynamics are between texas cities right yeah i definitely yeah. hope so because i think it'll be nice to have another place where as a fan you can go visit and, and enjoy that enjoy that atmosphere i was kind of disappointed when the schedule came out and it was a sunday night game yeah and i was like man if it was saturday and i would i would have been there for sure um but uh yeah. hey, houston brought like 200 on a wednesday so no excuses dallas it's a little uh, shorter. I'm pretty sure that they only brought 200 to their home game. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too on a Saturday, right? Yep. All right. Well, I think we, that's a good spot to wrap it up. Um, this was you know, a lot of fun. Mutual Houston hatred. Mutual, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It's perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, Jonathan, Dustin, Dallas Soccer Show. It was so nice chatting with you. And uh, yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to do it again sometime in the future. Landon, Jeremiah, uh, moon tower soccer thanks uh thanks for having us and 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 welcome to the league thanks y'all thanks guys always a good time to talk to landon and and jeremiah from from moon tower thanks thanks again to them for to them for having us uh and and collaborating on a a little bit of a discussion, get, get both sides of the coin there and have, you know, feel that rivalry or that, uh, that camaraderie around, you know, Houston hatred. <laughs> exactly. You know, you can always find something in common and, and of course, in, in, in celebrating the, the wins over Portland. We've That's got right. That in common too. All right. So moving on, 
There is no Nico, so there's no Nico's North Texas. Or sorry, ninety-two second catch-up. I almost me- he's not here, and I mess up the the bit. Uh, but we did get a game report and a situation report from Nico before the podcast, and I quote: "They're on an eight-game win streak, and they played well." So that is uh, after That's North your, Texas your, SC's your, your in-depth coverage of the That's right. North Texas soccer. This is coverage you will not get anywhere else. That's right. <laughs> um, and I guess we got a whole nother week until FC Dallas plays um, Real Salt Lake on the fourth coming up. Real Salt Lake comes into the match. They had a really, I don't know, I call it a lackluster August. The only teams they've beat in August were were Texas teams where they beat uh, Houston and Austin, both at home in, in Salt Lake. The rest of the, rest of the month of August, they, they've uh, lost every other match to LA, Portland, Colorado, and even, even Vancouver, who's another one of those uh, Western conference uh, bottom dwellers. So I don't know. I don't know quite what to expect from Real Salt Lake coming into this match. I know they've got a new coach. They just got rid of their, or I guess they just parted ways with their head coach prior to the Vancouver match, which is probably part of the reason why they struggled in that match, but FC Dallas comes into the, into the match. They're going to have their own problems uh, because the international break is going on during starting right now. And so they'll be without Sabak Shun, Brian Acosta, Freddie Vargas, and yes, even Ricardo Pepe, who is going, got called up to the U S men's national team for world cup qualifiers. I mean, yeah. <laughs> after after Pepe Week uh, here at FC Dallas, uh, he's 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 gone for at least one match. I think all three or all four of those guys are going to be gone at least one match, potentially two. I think that uh, Wednesday, Thursday, um, kind of a week and a half or t- well, two weeks from now, uh, that will be the final games of that international break. So uh, you know they could make it back to the club before uh, before the the home match, but. Uh, at least against RSL, right? That's going to be a completely revamped front line, um, especially if uh, the other person who's who's missed the last few matches, Mr. Uh, Paxton Pomacol, uh, is out too. That's a very depleted uh, winger core. Yeah, I was thinking about this um, tonight, actually, before we we started recording. Like, why? What do you what do you do for the wingers without? Shun without Vargas, without possibly Pepe. And I realized that's why El Medcar has gotten the minutes he's gotten in the past two matches is because uh, I, I think they, they anticipated and, you know, I didn't even think about it, but at the, at the moment, I'm like, yeah, that's strange that he's, he's getting minutes. Uh, but then now they've, I wouldn't be surprised to see El Medcar step in and, and start that match. He could, he could very well get the, get the start. Um, uh, you know, I think there's some other things that they could do too. I think that you know, last year we would see Jesus play out on the wing some, and I could see potentially that too. You know, keep Jesus on and move uh, Ricarte into that spot, um, and let Edwin and Cervania, uh, you know, do the complete the midfield. I mean, it's it's something we did see Lucci do a little bit. I, I don't know how much he's going to want to mix up the the team when he doesn't in the in the areas that don't have to change. Um, but you know, that would be another option for, for him if he's looking for, for wingers. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be definitely an interesting 
exercise to see what what Lucci does and how he how he handles that. Maybe we'll see three goalkeepers on the bench next week. <laughs> because there's just nobody else to uh to put on the bench, is that why? I guess. Do we have is there a fourth goalkeeper at FC? I guess they they could bring somebody up from North Texas if they really Yeah, they could do, they could do like a like a one game uh hardship loan or something up. Cuz <laughs> cuz you, you know, you got to call hardship when you've got uh, only three keepers. That's right. It, so, let me ask this and we didn't talk about it um in the the conversation there with Moon Tower. Um was 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 there a reason why Maurer was sitting? I didn't catch that. It was, it was was this just like a rotation to get Felipe no, some think, minutes? No, the I think it was Steve mentioned uh, in pregame on the radio um, that Jimmy had picked up a picked up a uh, an injury. I think kind of midweek, um, but it was a kind of a light knock. So I think he could have gone, which is why he was on the bench. But uh, uh, Lucci went ahead and and had Felipe take that spot because you know Jimmy wasn't a hundred percent. So hopefully that's just a one week rotation. Um, although, you know, I think Felipe, Felipe did pretty good. I mean, he had a, a couple of good reaction saves. And that one really, really nervy pullback where he, he uh, oh, yes. pulled the back and it could have, the ball back out of the defender's reach and it very well could have gone in, but he uh, was able to clear it after that. It was it looked nifty, but it also was very scary. <laughs> All righty. Well, I think, I think that about wraps it up, Jonathan. Yeah, I mean... Dustin, it was uh, was a, a fun match. Um, four in a row now on the road for FC Dallas, where they picked up points. So, uh, you know, against RSL, maybe there maybe there's a chance. Maybe uh, maybe they'll uh, drop the ball like they did against Vancouver. Yeah, here's here's to more streaks. And also, uh, Texas is red. We'll leave it at that. All right. You can catch us at DallasSoccerShow.com, at TheStrikerTexas.com. If you'd like to banter with us on Twitter, we are at Dallas Soccer Show, and uh, Jonathan is at JonathanRoz12. Is that right? Did I get it right this time? That, that's right. Finally, after all these years. Um, Jonathan, uh, thanks again. For Jonathan, I'm Dustin Nation. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.